Welcome to another episode of That's The Issue, the only comic book podcast that gets to know you through the issues that you love. My name is Matt Loon uh, and I'm your host and joining me is, as always, my co-host, Wes Messer. Wes, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, Matt. How about yourself, sir? Yeah, I am doing good. Um, I decided to call this a summer special episode uh, because, listeners, we uh, we don't have a guest with us uh, this week. Uh, we we're going to have Nikki back on, um, but uh, life gets in the way sometimes. Uh, but I'm sure we'll have her on again uh, at some point in the future. Um, but for now, I thought we'd have a summer special. And if this was your idea, was what we're going to talk about, wasn't it? Yep i I kind of got this idea because it was weird. Cause I was like thinking about like like certain comic events and like what your first ever event you ever dealt with as a comic fan. And I thought, hmm, would be fun that like as you first start getting the comics and suddenly you start realizing. Because you start going, huh, there's events. Okay. Yeah. This is weird. Because, and, and basically, like, and so everyone, and everyone deals with comic events differently. Like, so it's going to be, I, I don't, I don't really have, like, I have, like, my events, uh, like, so I was out of my head, hmm, well, why not talk about our first big events as we got in the comics? Because events are a strange beast. Like, yeah, they really are. Because, yeah, especially when you first deal with comics, you're like, what? So there's this event that's taken over all the books. Yeah. What? Yeah. And it kind of opens up the whole world for you, doesn't it? I mean, I think especially when you first start with events, because I don't know about you, but I always, I never, I didn't dive into everything at once. I kind of dived into like had one or two comics that I always picked up Mm -hmm. and then an event happens. And I mean, that's the point of it, isn't it really? It kind of dives you into the rest of the, the rest of the universe and just really opens it up and gets crossovers and team up and and all that kind of craziness going on yeah and that's how and 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 that's how it works it's just one of those just to let you know <laughs> yeah more comics for you to try out if you really want to you can yeah, not... buy that one book oh you could but you won't know everything that's going on so you need to buy everything i kind of hate that it actually works but at, at some point it worked for for me and for you and probably for a lot of people it actually like you know as much as we complain about events they they do do their job quite well it, it's funny because it is funny when you think about it like civil like when you see like you go to your comic store right now and you see civil war 2 and by the way if you tried to follow all the tie-ins for civil war 2 right now you would hate your life <laughs> you 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 go to your comic shop and you see this like Giant shelf of Civil War Two, Civil War Two, Civil War Two. Oh, more oh, Civil War Two. So much. And 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 it's interesting because you are because right now the recent reports is DC actually beat Marvel in sales. In July. Oh yeah, I, I I just caught that. Is that um they got like forty seven percent of all sales, didn't they, or something? Yep. They they did really well, and the thing was. And the thing, but right now it's like Marvel has like eighty something books, and that they, I just realized Marvel has eighty seven books. Eighty seven books, like regular, yes, regular series. And how many of them 
And but of their 87 books, 88 of them are tied up in Civil War 2. And like a good chunk, yeah, real much almost like, so pretty much that's why I think in my head, I, that's when I went, this event's like, oh dear lord, this is going to be, I, I feel bad when Marvel has to collect that thing. Are you um? Are you reading it? Are you following along with it? If I tried to follow Civil War two, I'd be like, no. I, yeah, because I, I knew you were trade waiting on some of it. I'm trade waiting on most of Civil War two. I'm right now focusing on. He'd say as like right now, I'm pretty much mostly DC and and like other series like indie titles and other bits of things that catch my eye as time goes on, rather than. And right now, it's like, and eventually it's going to probably balance back out to a little bit of Marvel, a little bit of DC, and a little bit of indie. But for right now, it's like a lot of DC because as DC gets this rebirth thing going, it's like, it's caught my eye for right now. But yeah, so I think that's fine as well. And I think this is the first time with probably especially with a Marvel event, but this is the first time with a comic book event where I've not tried to keep up with absolutely everything. Because I, I always start off like that, like with uh, Original Sin. I started off getting a lot of the tie-ins for that. And with uh, Secret War, I got... That was a little different because you don't have to read them all. You don't have to follow them all. So I didn't really feel as though the story didn't flow from one to the other to the other. Whereas Civil War 2 feels very much like Civil War 1 in the sense that if you want the full story, you have to and get them all but i have no desire to do that this time i'm just kind of reading the ones that i i want to pick up i guess um but yeah things like i mean i I, yeah yeah i think it's but i'm i feel like i'm missing some of this plot by not getting them all yeah that's annoying and that's funny because i was reading i read like how Sites like cover like all the different uh, Civil War tie-ins, and it's one of the things where I look at it and I go, "Good Lord, there's a there's a lot," and it's like spread out between five, six, eight different books, and like, and then like the digital tie-in comics, and then mm-hmm. that has plot. Then you have, and you're going, "Oh man, I like if I had to follow all this, like on my, I'd be like, I'd be slamming my head against the wall." No. no, no. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're better off not following along with with loads of things. And I think genuinely, I think Rebirth is is more interesting to me at the moment. Anyway, it, it's right now the stronger like out of these uh, like Rebirth is sort of like a standalone event, and you don't have to yeah. read everything of Rebirth. It's just sort of like okay, you can check out this thing, check out that, and then kind of decide what you want to follow, rather mm. than. And it's like Civil War Two, sort of like this all-encompassing beast. And then I actually told I actually, it was maybe my when I talked to my I was talking to my my friend Jess, who's sort of like she's catching back up with uh with the uh, Big Two right now. And I told her just wait till after Civil War Two to catch up with Marvel. You you'll be better off. Yeah, and they will it's going to be another point of events that are really good for readers is the the jumping on points that come straight afterwards. Exactly. Like you, like Mar- so many chances for new readers to get involved with something straight after an event. Exactly. It's like Marvel Now hits and the Marvel Now, what was like Marvel Now, they call it Aftermath or something. I can't, but I know it's like the new Marvel Now run is hitting. Oh, yeah. Like um, Divided We Stand. Divided We Stand, that event, that's hitting in um, starting September and October and throughout the rest of this year and the next mm. is the, that's the next big initiative. And what's the next big event? I don't know, but 
that. But right now, it seems like they're going to be doing Marvel now for the rest of the year until after a Civil War two finishes up. So yeah, it, there is they they have mentioned something, but I can't remember what. Oh, um, well, there's uh. Death, Dead No More, or Clone Conspiracy, which is the Spider-Man one. Yep, and then uh, Death of X. Death of X, which is the X-Men one, which I am interested in that. I am um, actually interested in that in a weird way. It's like one of those, yeah. I shouldn't be interested in this, but I'm actually kind of curious about how, they, how they're how they going to play this out. Yeah, definitely. I'm interested in that. And I, I did, uh, I have to say, moving, uh, segueing slightly onto um, recent comic reviews, mm-hmm. um, I did read... The, this week's issue of Amazing Spider-Man, yeah, which was um, issue 16, I think. Let me just look it up. Um, but that was the prologue of Dead No More. Um, yeah, how, and I don't know if you're, what are they doing with that? Like, Yeah, well, I mean, I've not been following Amazing Spider-Man. I've been reading the Miles Morales Spider-Man um, and... Um, are there any other Spider-Man books? I don't think I'm following any other Spider-Man books at the moment. But um, ama- amazing boat, Spider-Man. You what? Sorry, I'm in the same boat, dude. So don't. I, yeah. Behind a sit, like like the last bit of anything Spidey I somewhat read was um when they had the um all new the all new all different Avengers, and I just read the first trade of that recently. Oh and, yeah, yeah. I'm really enjoying that. And I read the uh, first. I read it had the first like bit of the story, and I went this book is like it was like okay but i was just like mm, i don't know i but but it's like i but i am kind of curious about what um the clone conspiracy is going to be like because because that, that's why when you say you're, you're you bought the recent issue i was like okay how are they gonna pull this off because this series this because the clone conspiracy sounds like one of those series that could either go one of those storylines either go if it works out well it could be really cool but mm. if one thing goes haywire it's like this could get really bad yeah i feel like it could fall off the train really quickly Uh, and this and this issue is is i thought it was quite interesting and it's got me it's got me back in invested in spider-man so that's good and i think i'll follow i will follow the um the event for a certain way and for you know for a short amount of time see how how long it's getting i get into it but i did enjoy what what it was trying to do and you can see straight away that there is like a there is a theme there is like a, a string running through it um but it just depends how far they're gonna how far they're gonna push it because we've already seen in the preview um issue uh they was it a free comic book day yeah it was free comic book day back up to the captain america free comic book day issue uh where they had um a dead no more which is what it was called then um prologue and it was it showed the jackal uh, which is the old villain from the old uh, clone saga series um and he was um sat there in like an egyptian headdress and sat there on an egyptian throne and on his right hand side was uh gwen stacy alive and well in her green trench coat as she always is um and that was kind of Oh, okay. That's where they're going with it. You know, they get give you that idea of right. Okay, it throws you straight in the deep end and just goes. Are they going to actually? Are they going to do what you think they're going to do? And like, yeah, yeah, they are. They're actually going to bring back quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of dead characters. Um, potentially clone them back to life almost. Um, but um, 
Amazing Spider-Man 16, which was out this week, um, and it's uh, obviously written by Dan Slott, mm-hmm. and it's got art by, uh, let's have a look, uh, Giuseppe Camancoli, um, with inks by Cam Smith, colorist Marty Grazia, and lettering Joe Carmagna. Um, and the art is fantastic in it. It's really good, really detailed, really kind of um, expression, uh, good expressions on the faces and everything, good acting. Um, the premise of it is that this uh, company called, this medical company called New You, um, New and then the letter U, um, are um, trialling an experimental new transplant surgery where they use the subject's DNA to grow, um, and I'll, I'm going to literally um, paraphrase Peter Parker here. It says, using the subject's own DNA to grow not just perfectly compatible organs ready for transplants, but cloned organs with every genetic defect screened out. So it starts off as quite a, well, not realistic, but a real world scenario. Um, and Peter Parker is seriously considering throwing all of his Parker Industries money behind this. Wow. Um, spoilers for the previous issue, um, if you if you don't want to hear the spoilers. But um, it's this episode. This issue starts with Jay Jameson, who's Jonah Jameson's dad and Aunt May's wife, uh, Aunt May's husband. Sorry, um, he's in hospital. He's had a heart attack. Uh, and they're saying it's a genetic it's a genetic problem that potentially could be solved by this experimental medical procedure and so peter parker's considering that and that's where it kind of starts off really so it's already discussing the moralities of um whether you should be cloning or not and you know in medical cloning and things like that so that's a very interesting side to it i think Wow, that's going to be, hmm, this could be interesting if they're like, and this is sort of like, so like whatever this company is, is like this is sort of the setup for, okay, so they're doing cloning, so whoever like the owner of this company is, which is probably going to be either Jack or someone related to Jack or some weird way. Yeah, it does, it does get revealed in this issue, but I won't, I won't spoil what that is. Okay. Um, but so there are, they, they, go on, sorry. Can, no, continue. Continue. <laughs> I was going to say it already does bring back a couple of characters back from the dead in just this one issue, um, so they're not they're not holding back at all. Uh, I think they're just wow. literally, and I suppose they've already broken the first taboo. I'd say well they've already broken the first taboo by bringing Gwen Stacy back, but let's face it, she is already back. I think there's at least two of her running around at the moment, so it's not as though it's a massive taboo. Um, Gwen pulling Spider Gwen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so they've already got two of them on the go, so a third one won't really make much difference. Like, yeah, but, um, Gwen, it's fine. We have, like, two of them. We'll have a third one. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, and it's it's almost a bit like a lot of the emotional punches, like who can they bring back that the most emotional ones, like Gwen Stacy and Uncle Ben. But Peter Parker's already come face-to-face with both of those in the last two years. You know, in Spider-Verse, he saw them both. Oh, gosh, you're going to bring back his parents. Oh, yeah. See, they're, they've already done that as well, though, haven't they? They've already done that, but they haven't pulled that one. 
in a while. So they're gonna yeah. they're gonna pull off some really crazy stuff. Like um Captain Stacy they could bring back. You bring back Captain Stacy. I mean this I could bring back Gene DeWolf. Oh dear Man, Lord, Spider-Man's killed a lot of people. Wow. Re- <laughs> like Dan Fott's pretty much like Spider-Man like obscure knowledge junkie. So yeah, exactly. He's gonna start throwing out some really oddball ones just to see what he can do with this, just to see how this works out. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that was a good issue of uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and it's got me back invested in it. And again, another reason why events are exist, really, aren't they? So to get you back into comics. And what, about, um, yeah. Go on. What were you gonna say? Yeah, that's anything about, and it's neither about clone conspiracy, at least for the most part. Clone conspiracy is going to be within pretty much contained mostly within Spider-Man. Yeah, I think so, so. Yeah. So pretty much it's like, it's like, well, outside price and one shots or whatever. It's like, well, if you're following Spider-Man, it's pretty much not that bad for you just to go, bam, clone conspiracy. You can just focus later, focus on Spidey and maybe a couple one shots here and there. But for the most part, you're groovy. Yeah. What was the uh, what was the issue you wanted to uh, talk about this week? This is like, and it's why I, I, I mentioned this to you, and you're like, and most people haven't really heard of this yet. And it's a no, shame. I, I, I did, uh, I did pick it up. I have read it. I've read it now. Oh, cool! It's as soon as Animos- as soon as you mentioned it, it's Animosity Number One. It's by Aftershock Comics, and it's and it's created and written by Marguerite Bennett, or, and then it's drawn by uh, Rafael De La, Tor- De La Torre. With uh, Rob Schwager as colorist, Marshall Dillon's letterer as is the letterer of the book, and this book is it's bonkers, but it's really good. It's very, it's kind of, it's <laughs> it's well, it's not as bonkers as you think it is. So you think it's going to be like this off the wall crazy, like comic involving like oh, well they get the animals talking and they're going and they're going to go nuts, and it's like oh no, this is this is sort of like taking a realistic bent to it in a weird way. It's like the animals come to life. They suddenly, they suddenly realize they suddenly wake up and gain. And like they explained in the intro that the, the ant, they started, the animals woke up, they started thinking, they started talking and they started taking revenge. We call it the wake. And it's less dramatic than the funeral. <laughs> and, the, and that's yes. from, taken from the intro. This book is crazy. It's crazy. It, it does throw everything at you like super quick as well. I actually, I actually like Marguerite. But I, I have like when when I read this, I'm like, Mar- like Marguerite Bennett. She's a mad, she's a mad evil genius, and I love her for it because that is so cool. Like this is this book. Like the thing about this book is the animals are not drawn. Usually, they would probably do like cartoony or try to make it. Like kind of cartoony or kind of, but no, the animals are drawn realistically. Oh yeah, it's super realistic. It's it, not. It's quite. It's graphic in places as well. Not like super graphic, but it's it it definitely doesn't hold back. No, it, it no, it doesn't. It, that's the I remember. Mar- <laughs> I remember Marguerite. She said on Twitter when this book was announced, "Please don't let your kid read this. <laughs> don't let them read it." I know there's talking animals. Don't let them read this book. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was pretty much, like, begging and pleading to make sure that parents didn't let their kid read this book. Because <laughs> she was sort of like, this book is not for kids. And, no, it's not. Because it's kind of cool. It's like, has the animals real life get 
wake up to their like to what like they're get they kind of wake up so to speak. It's kind of interesting to see how they react to how they react. It's like it's like it's kind of like like the like some animals like not all animals react like they kind of some of them went go crazy. They go like, "What are we doing?" Yeah, and and then other animals are like. Like the, my favorite, like of course the one that you're that you really end up getting into is a, uh, is like the lead character is is Scandor, and mm-hmm. Scandor and it's like Scandor's like tells his owner I love you, I love like I love you Jesse like you're like they and, and I'm like oh like that's yeah. the one that it's everyone's like and it's like Scandor's like the one was like oh Scandor because Scandor's it's like awesome and then and then like and it's sort of like the house cat and the Sort of like the animals that are kind of like, like the house and the house cats and that, and they start kind of working together. Like the ones that have kind of like gotten to know their humans a little bit, hmm. they've got. They're kind of like, I want to protect you. I want to help you. I want to help you through this craziness because I know you're good. And and then it's like, and and then other people are like, and then, and then other and then some of the animals start like like it's funny like like the cat like the one. Like the like the cat with one human that basically says, "I will freaking I will freaking kill you if you ever if you ever do anything to to your wife again." Like, oh damn! Yeah, yeah. There's like um, there's three double page spreads, isn't there? And it covers it runs the gamut of various emotions and various kind of um, reactions that animals have because like the whole the premise of it when i first read it it was a bit like oh okay yeah and you you know it's basically what if all animals started talking Mm -hmm. all at once you know something just suddenly happened and all animals just started talking and they started to and it said like they start talking and then they started taking revenge and it was like oh okay so all animals are out to kill humans and it was like okay yeah that 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 sounds like fun. I can probably get on board with that. But Marguerite Bennett actually takes it to the next level. And it's just, it's not just what if they all woke up and started taking revenge. It's what if they all woke up and were suddenly sentient in a way. Like I know they're already sentient, but what if they had like human level of intelligence and self-awareness? Um, and there's a three double page spreads. Um, and I love that. It's oh, great. So- 12, 12 panel grid. Um, and each one is a different scenario. And across the three double page spreads, you each panel progresses. So each panel tells a three panel story, really, across three double page spreads. Um, and it's so many different variants of what would happen. You know, that's, there's that one that you mentioned about the cat saying to like the male owner is like, if you ever hit her again, I'll cut your eyes out. And then there's a cow yeah. that's about to be slaughtered. It says, please, you don't have to do this. Um, and there's a, a killer whale in a sea li- in a sea world that oh. says, Jessica, I can't ignore these feelings any longer. You complete me. <laughs> and so yeah, it's not I, just... I laughed the, out loud. Like that first time yeah. I read that, I was like, no. And then, <laughs> and then the panda page is like, it's so dark. But I'm like, should I be that laughing is- at this? Yeah, that's Should brilliant. Be laughing at this, dear Lord, this is dark, but this is. And then the sloths, <laughs> yeah. like there's like every every moment is like for a moment that you'll be like, oh, you'll start laughing, then go, oh, and then you'll go, oh, damn, then you'll start going, oh, then laughing, then he's like, so it's sort of like it's very cool, and then of course then it's like I don't know, it's very cool how they how Marguerite's setting this up, and and then it's like and then you start you get like 
you get pretty much every animal horror scenario in one comic. Yeah. And of course, the, and, then, and then of course, one of my favorite bits is the quiet bit of in the sushi house, Tokyo Ghost Sushi with the octopus with oh yeah all the blades, and you're like, ah oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. How, what would an oc- what would an octopus feel? What would an octopus do if he woke like, up in a sushi house and it's just like yeah, he'd grab eight knives and he'd just go nuts. He's like. Like, yep, this is not going to end well. And it's very, but it's very brilliant how Marguerite sets this up. And like I said, and Delatore and Delatore's art is so beautifully real. I mean, this is like some of the, some of the best, some of the better like animal drawings, like, and like one of these sort of like talking animal comics. And it's very realistic. Mm. And Raphael Delatore, I mean, like, this is like one of his. Like he, he's most like I was actually look, trying to look and see what else he'd done, and he's like mostly he'd done a lot of stuff in, in like Brazil and that. Oh okay. So I'm not sure what other comics he's done. Like I was like this is like completely new, kind of newer name to me. But I was like this is really mind blowing good work, and it's and great it's, work, really good. And it's like and then it's like the coloring's really. I mean Rob Schwager doing the color coloring on this is like really good colors. It's very it's very bright. It's very, it's very, it's very bright. And it's very, yeah. it's very, and it's very, and it's like very bright. And it like, and also it continues that realistic bent of like, no, these, these are animals. You yeah. have realized, Oh, we've got intelligence. Oh crap. I mean, it's interesting. Like the fight as like the, like the final, like every, cause heck I'm even looking through this right now. And I even found, fa- I even found a bit with the roosters I'd missed the first time. Oh yeah, and I'm like, oh, I missed that. All right, bye, bye. I just might miss because I was like overwhelmed by everything else. But but and it's there, there is a lot. There there is a lot thrown at you. The pace of it is is super fast, and it's super. It feels like it reads really quickly, and it's over straight away. But there is a what, lot to kind of go back book. and read. Yeah, it is a book that if this would have if it would have been like if like I would have gladly paid like four ninety nine for a double page. Yeah, yeah, for like a for a for a massive oversized issue. I would have paid that in a heartbeat for this because there's so much here, but it's still really good intro, and like you get a, you get such a good intro to it. Like Scandor is is such a like for like within one issue you kind of go like yeah like practically half the issue it's like the last half of the issue Scandor is like it's like wow this is such a cool dog. I mean this is like yeah, the coolest it's a- freaking dog. Yeah, the main characters are is a little girl and her dog, and all this madness that you see over these two double pages is just you know people being attacked by animals, animals attacking other animals, and then you just get this quiet little moment, as you said, of the dog just sudden self awareness, just realizes how much he loves his owner, and he's just kind of overcome with emotion, um, and that's that's their story, and that's it. They just like, and he says, "I love you," and she just hugs him and goes, "I love you too." And it's like, of course, because the little girl's always known that she loved him, whereas he has now got the the extra brain capacity, I suppose, to actually comprehend that fully. And he just starts crying and puts one of his paws around her, which sounds cheesecake, but it is actually really sweet in the in the context of the book. In the context of the book, it doesn't come off cheesy. Like anything else, it probably would come off cheesy, but in the context of this book, it works perfectly because it's like it's like a, such a genuine moment. And you would think, and you would think if a dog could talk, like certain dogs could talk, it's like, that's what they would say. It's like, it's like, I yeah. love you. You're my, you've been so good to me. Thank you so much. 
Yeah. And, and he is a good boy. And he's like, you are a good. And then, and then of course, and then I re- and then of course, then it also has when the sea when the seagulls attack. Yeah, because they mine. would, because seagulls are jerks. They are. I, <laughs> you I, know that they just attack you. They're not just after your chips. They're not just after your ice cream. They're out to attack you. They're out to get your eyes. Mine. Yeah, mine. <laughs> it, it's like I actually because I was because um, I was in I was in Chicago over last weekend and. It's funny, I was like at the Navy Pier and you saw all these seagulls hanging around. And I'm like, they are so same mine. Yeah, like, they are all this out is here. Why, this is why Finding Nemo did that gag with mine. 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 <laughs> yeah. Mine. Like, yep. I'm like, yep, this is the mine joke taken to the next that, level. They like, perfectly captured that, definitely. Like, yeah. Bless you. Bless you, Marguerite Bennett. Bless you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. there, and she it, knows. There's, all, there's so many other moments in this book, but really... This book needs to be experienced because my it's and, and the thing is, I just learned that this book actually it's sold out at. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Because so. So I know you probably can still get it at some comic stores if they. Yeah. But thing is, Aftershock's a small company. So this is the chance. first Aftershock comic that I've read. I've not read any yeah, this before. Is, this. Wow. So like this is like Aftershock usually only or they only order like a lot of comic shops unless you ask for it. Right. Okay. They'll either order it, or not order it, or maybe order like one or two copies. Hmm. So, I will yeah, recommend but, uh... this if if you have a local shop and you want the, and you want any def and you're curious to try out animosity for yourself. You're yeah. going to either want to special like ask your comic shop when they, if they do it if either go okay like if they have any in get it and like. And you, if you can get them, like if you can get, if you can see they have any somewhere at Diamond, if they can order you in a copy, do it. If you can't, mm. then you might. It, but, like your best bet with this at this point might be if you can't find it anywhere, just get it off Comicsology. Or yeah, get, yeah, this might be the well, easiest way to do it right now. Because yeah, I got mine off uh, off Comicsology because I only heard about it when you said you were gonna you were gonna review it. Um, and looking through it, it's great, and they've got loads of. Um, loads of adverts at the back for other comics that are coming out and they've they've got they've got some big names i mean obviously marguerite bennett's a huge name she's a good um, oh, paul jenkins but, does stuff for him uh yeah paul I, jenkins is bringing out a book called alters in september yep uh, mark wade has got one coming out which is captain kid and brian that's azarello. tom pyre brian azarello has got an american monster i've actually read the first um two issues of that oh american yeah. monster it's a very, it's it's pretty much like okay, it's like pretty much like you think it'd be like about like an American kaiju, but no, it's actually just about like first I thought it was like I, I didn't know much about. It. I thought oh, it's, it's like American kaiju or something. Like, no, it's a, hmm. it's sort of like like a what if like a, like it's like it's like what if someone who's like very it says like a scar like a large man with a horribly scarred face gets off a bus. I'm actually reading from the, from the intro, and gets off and rents a room. He spooks he spooks the locals and nobody knows him or do they? So now they're having to deal with this guy, and he's he's not exactly someone they mess with either. So, mm. so cool. he's a it's very like, um... interesting. So America. So he's a very interesting character that they play with in this book. So aftershock's kind of like it's not like a very image like company too. Like mm. they give the creators free reign to go nuts. Yeah, if you can if you can't tell they they let them go nuts. It's also another really cool book that um. And also, um, it's a, um, oh, ah, uh, hang on, I have to, 
uh, Justin Jordan does a book for them, uh, Strayer, and um, and then oh, also a lot of, a and lot then of also books uh, out. and then there's also another and there's also um, let's see, trying to the top of my head, uh, Garth Ennis did a book for them, uh, Dreaming Eight Eagles, and if I remember correctly, if I got it wrong, please don't one judge me, but <laughs> uh, and then there's trying to think of, and then also Mark Reese another book for them, Insects. Insects, which looks good. Yeah, I might pick that one up. And then there's, I like Marguerite Benny anyway. And then so. also, and then, uh, yep, and then um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Con- Connery had a book for them called um, Super Zero. And they look like so, a good company to uh, to look out for. I mean, we were talking about uh, Black Mask and then, and last then week like, or so last yeah, episode. A lot of books going on aftershock, and it's like for such a small, for a relatively small company, they're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're doing really good. Definitely one to look out for. Definitely, and so Animosity definitely is one of those books that if you haven't read it yet, you might want to give it a shot, and you might want to give it a shot yeah. ASAP. Because Pick up Animosity number one. I think that's definitely worth, and I think that's a good, for me, it's going to be a good entry point into the rest of Aftershock comics. Actually, yeah, it's really good. It's a, it's a really good idea for it's a really good intro for Aftershock, and it's just a damn good book. I mean, I really, I'm really happy with it. Like, I read it, and I was like, because I, I actually forgot it was coming out, and I saw, like, one copy of my comic shop, and I was like, whoa! Yeah. And I was like, and I grabbed it, and I was like, and I sat down and read it, like, oh, this is so good. I, I, I got a, excuse me, I, I got a very, I got a very, it's like, I was like, it's like, yes, like, I'm already like, thank, this is awesome. And she was just, and she was like, thank you, and she was like, thank you so, so much. For, oh, what, on Twitter? Yep, I actually gave her, because they were all, like, because they were so appreciative, like, they, I got people, and, like, one of the creators messaged me saying that their store sold out. Hmm. So, and I was like, so they, and I was like, wow. So they were, they were pretty, so right now Aftershock's pretty happy with how the performance of this book's doing. So this is going to be one of those books I think is just going to be one that's going to keep them, because people are like very curious about because it, it's decidedly different and it has a great hook. It's unlike yeah. any talking animal story you've ever read. And it's, it works really well as a story. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, number two, like, come on, waiting for you. I'm yeah, game yeah. for you. So. Well, speaking of damn good books, yes. I think we need to talk about the biggest release of this week, which was all-star Batman. Number one oh, from, yeah. from DC comics. It's the, re- well, I say the return. He's not really gone very far. Uh, Scott Snyder is the writer uh, of all-star Batman. And uh, if you haven't heard anything about it, it's basically he's coming back to tell shorter stories, um, the shorter the sh- shorter stories than his long form Batman epic that he had with Greg Capullo over the last four or five years. Um, each one focusing on a different villain and each one having a different artist joining him. Um, and this one is... Um, well, there's there's two there's two um, stories in each book, which is good because it is a four dollar ninety nine comic, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know how much it is uh, over here. I bought it with a bunch of other books, so I didn't uh, get the actual price of it. Um, but it's it's not a cheap book. Um, but it's no, not at it's all. A, it's you know, but you, you get. I think I was speaking to someone on Twitter, and um, I'll try and find the name of that person. Um, but it was um, a conversation about the price of a comic versus the quality. 
And I think in this case, the quality of the book was worth the price. And that's not always the case. Um, but in this in this instance, it definitely was because you get two stories. Uh, and as I say, but all with different artists. Uh, the first, the main story is about Two-Face uh, and a kind of weird twisted road trip uh, that Batman undertakes with Two-Face. Yeah. Uh, and it's drawn it's by John Romita Jr., um, yeah, and um, the backup story is more about Duke Thomas, which is the new um, partner for Batman. I don't want to say sidekick because the purpose of the backup story was kind of establishing that he's not a sidekick. Um, and uh, that is drawn by Declan Shalvey with uh, colours by Geordie Belair. And the colourist on the main Batman book is, uh, or the main Batman story is Dean White with inks by Danny Mickey and letters by Steve Wands. And, I mean, I thought this was absolutely stunning. What did you think? I really, you know, what's in, they're both really good stories. What's kind of neat is I actually thought about this later is someone said on Twitter is like, and I can't remember who it was. It was like one of those someone and someone said how usually Jeremy Jr. is usually inked by a uh, Klaus Jansen. And yes, usually has yeah. kind of like, and but this time he's inked by Danny Mickey, and Danny Mickey's added a whole new dimension to uh to uh, John Romita Jr.'s work because usually it's kind of like got like this kind of scratchiness to it. Like Calvin has a very not scratch, but I don't know, like very yeah. I, I know what you mean. It, it's it's a lot cleaner in this. Very clean. In this uh, this is very clean. It's sharper. It's sharp. It's slick. I mean. It's a different look for John Romita Jr. And I mean, and the hook for this story is so damn cool. I mean, it's like, it's kind of neat because it's like, as it's like, John Romita Jr. is like, and then they got like, I think Paul Pope coming on later on this book. And, yeah. Um, there's they so many names. Like, I mean, that's, that's the all-star of the title as far as I'm concerned. There's, there's absolutely loads of artists coming onto it. Um, now there is a list somewhere. It's a bonkers road trip. I mean, it's like, it's a straight up. Yeah. It's like okay, I got Two Face. I got I I got to deal with Two Face, so we're gonna be taking this crazy road trip. And I'm like, what? And and this is like okay, let's go. Okey-dokey. It's, it's great, yeah. And and it doesn't um, it doesn't shy away from diving you straight into it. Um, oh, and there's oh. there's very little exposition. It's very much. Um, straight in there and there's a bit of time jumping there's flashbacks there's um flash forwards there's uh there's different perspectives mm -hmm. it's um it's really cool um i was talking uh, about um who i was talking about the price of comics i was talking on twitter with uh jonathan dick who is at real last name on twitter um and while i'm talking about twitter there was a review um of Batman, All-Star Batman number one that was written uh, by Chase Magnet over on Comics Bulletin um, that I um, gave a shout out to um, on uh, on Twitter. And it's a really great, um, really great review. Uh, should definitely check that out because uh, he mentions a few things that I did not pick up on. Um, but there's, I think that is exactly the point with All-Star Batman because there's a lot to unpack in it. Really there's is. there's so much to to dive into. Um it's all about um you know there's kind of a 
a level of um what am I looking what am I, what word am I looking for? Help me out. What word am I looking so for? It, yeah, a level of like because really at a level of like there's a lot. Yeah. There's a level of many levels. It's like a level of of every, like I mean, really when you said when you said earlier they just Snyder just throws you right into it. No, he really does. You're just like he's like you're in this diner. It's like la 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 la. I'm in the lovely diner. La 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 la. <laughs> and then crash. It's like what? Crash. Yeah, literally crash. throws you into it. Yeah. And then it's like, and then it's like, oh, he's fighting Firefly, and he's fighting Firefly and a freaking like freaking killer, and like Firefly and killer moth. It's like okay, well, let's do this. All right. Yep. Like and then and then Batman, and then it's I mean it's just and then it's like and it's like the X. It's, I'm not really, it's like the story of it is very, it's just like, okay, this, it's a, they're just straight up doing this. They're doing this. Like they're, it's, it's like, and it's like Snyder's pretty much throwing the unexpected at you. Mm. And you're like, whoa, they're doing what? There, there's a lot of genuine surprises in this comic. Like a lot. And you're like, wait, what are they doing now? Who, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. No way. And it's um, it picks up on the idea that uh, Two Face has evolved, hasn't he? And, he? and he's coming back. Every time he comes back, he comes back worse. Um, and the idea that every time Two Face comes back, Harvey Dent is is getting less and less control. Um, and it's really a, one of the best portrayals of Two Face that I think I've seen for a long time because it has this idea that Harvey Dent is still a good man and he's still a good man in there, um, except Two Face is this other entity that is taking over every so often. And so the concept is that there is a there is a, a plan that has been involved that's not fully formed yet that Harvey Dent has come up with in conjunction with Bruce Wayne and said, right, this is what we need to do to get rid of Two-Face once and for all. Um, And if you do this, this will solve your problem. And it involves driving 500 miles across the country um, to a house. And they don't, you don't know what this house is. You don't know where this house is. You don't know why it's significant. Um, But all you know is Batman is driving Two-Face to this house and Two-Face has set up a scenario where he has opened up um, the, an offer to every everybody, not just villains, but heroes, regular people, um, mafia, whoever, and said, look, if you stop this, you will be rich beyond your wildest dreams. And so Batman's got already got Killer Moth and um, who was the other one? Firebug? Kill, Killer Moth and Firefly. Firefly and uh, he's got these two he's already got these two on his tail by the end of the book there's another character that's that's following him and it's just um just frenetic and frantic and does not let up it's brilliant and then he's and then you start seeing who else that got involved in uh and who else gets involved in this and you're like what they're i mean really it does not it does not shy away from who i mean He's diving into people that normally they don't really hang out when, like, it's like, okay. So it's like, and pretty much it's like, and when they say open to everyone, he means that everyone. Yeah. It, it's, it's taking like, it to the, the next level. It's like the stake, like the stakes pretty much are, are like pretty much raised. And then they're raised some more by the end of the issue. And you're like, how is this going to go by the end of this? Because I mean, 
it, it's just, and I mean, for goodness sake, they even had Batman come up with a freaking chainsaw at one point. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Batman, okay. Like, we are, we are in. We are, I mean, it's, it's sort of like Snyder, unrestrained by any, con- by any major continuity. Mm-hmm. Unrestrained by, and it's just like him going, you know what? Let's do this. Let's, let's go nuts. Let's go completely crazy. But I get the feeling that all these stories are going to end up tying in the mainstream Batman some point down the road because oh, they're yeah, setting some so. stuff up in this story, like the yeah. what is the uh, the Dun- the Duncan Shavley story seems like they're setting up some stuff in there that that yeah the backup story yeah there's a the backup story in this as well is is um, uh, crazy but it's also it's a lot darker. Yeah, um, well, darker in storyline, but Jordi Belair's colours are so bright and so vibrant um, that it, it's it's not dark at all. It's um, it's it's so many colours. It's so, um, so colors. in your face. It's such a dark story that has very pretty colours to it. <laughs> yeah, it's the prettiest twisted story ever. It's, it's this, quite I mean, it's quite yeah. sick, isn't it? The story, the actual story that he's uh, he's telling in this backup. Yeah, because it's it's very twisted. Like by the end, you're like, what are they? What is he gonna do? I mean, it's like Snyder's like getting the put because this is sort of like Snyder, sort of like him. Because I remember I was he's like, yeah, I thought I was gonna be done with Batman, but then I realized I had some other Batman stories in me, and and then he's like, well, I'm gonna do some Batman. I'm gonna get some cool artists involved with this, and we're gonna have a good time. I'm like that's yeah, yeah. that's what it almost seems like Snyder's doing. Well, I'm getting cool artists. I'm getting myself. I'm gonna go nuts. He's just or, having a bat party. It really is. It's just a bat party. It's just him going, all right, great. Right, <laughs> I'm pretty much getting freedom to do whatever the heck I want in the Batman universe with some core artists. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. It's it's really good. I definitely recommend you, che- you checking it out. Uh, check out that review on Comics Bulletin as well. It's really interesting. Uh, picks up on a few points that I maybe want to go back and read it a second time. Yeah. Um, and it, I, if, you, if, if, you do, if you're doubting the the cost of it i do you know i understand that because uh, comics aren't cheap um but all-star batman number one i think it, it's definitely worth the price of admission it's a worthwhile 499 it's, it's yeah. definitely worth your money um now have you been reading darth vader yeah uh, no Marvel? i haven't i need to catch up with that series but i've been hearing yeah. very good things about it's it's brilliant i mean they're it's uh, issue 24 came out this week and there's only going to be 25. Um, so it's a good time for you to catch up, you know, as soon as the, the third trade comes out or fourth trade, it probably is by the time it finishes. But um, it's it's absolutely brilliant. So it's written by Kieran Gillen and it's art by Salvador La Roca. Uh, and once I get the issue up, I'll be able to tell you who else is involved in it. Um, but it's it's absolutely uh, brilliant and it's it's my favorite uh, star wars comic um certainly for marvel and almost potentially ever but then saying that it's, that's not massive i've not read a great deal of star wars comics um it's set in the same period of time as the main star wars comic um literally at first they cross over quite a lot uh, during the first couple of arcs mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of veered off on its own now um it's set post episode four, but before episode five. And I, again, I was having a conversation on Twitter, uh, basically talking about how Vader's one of those characters that I've never thought 
I've necessarily needed to know more about him. And I think he works better as a mysterious enemy. Uh, and so, and that's one of the reasons why I don't think the prequel films worked so well, because they told you almost too much. You know, they showed you too too far behind the curtain. You know, Darth Vader works better when he's just yeah. a, 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 a man in black, you know, a shadow uh, and the, the dark to the hero's light. However, this series and what Kieran Gillen does has is is embraced the history and he's accentuated the the best parts of the character and really delved into the the subtle politics of the empire and he's really got into the the core of this uh, of this section of um time between episode 4 and 5 and he's he's pulled on something that um not many other people seem to have Drag, like seem to have drawn upon, which is this idea that by the end, at the end of episode four, uh, spoilers uh, for anyone who hasn't seen Star Wars, but um, the uh, obviously hey, Death Star. Yeah, for those who haven't seen Star Wars, sorry, the if you're a fan of that Death Star, it, it doesn't stick around long. Um, it gets you know the Death Star explodes, and that is uh, you know Darth Vader sent spinning off into space. So he's failed, you know, and at the beginning of this series. Uh, this Darth Vader series, uh, he has fallen out of favour entirely uh, with the Emperor. Uh, the Emperor is just, you know, saying you are, you, 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 you failed me basically. Um, and a lot of stories, a lot of plots come up uh, throughout this series. Um, but the one thing that doesn't that doesn't go away is this idea of Darth Vader building up his own confidence again almost but all or building up and an issue 24 especially picks up on the idea of anakin skywalker dying and darth vader really being born and darth vader really finding out what he's capable of as a character um and discovering the kind of character he now is and it's absolutely fantastic and if anything it enhances my enjoyment of the movies and and seeing him in the original trilogy and i think that's that's probably the highest praise i can give it really nice i i just fell behind on it so much like yeah but i need to catch up with dark with uh, darth vader i was like i (laughs) yeah i quite like that it's the episode the issue 25 is going to be the last one i don't like it but i do in the sense of there's a complete story there and um it sounds as though Kieran Gillen had an end point in mind um, and reading between the lines of what interviews I've read and things like there, there was an idea to always end it this the way he's going to end it um, but he could have extended it or shortened it depending on the popularity I suppose um, it's, it's definitely one of those tires that you think yeah popularity wise yeah he could have probably kept he could probably kept this going for 100 issues and it'd be fine yeah exactly yeah and I kind of expected it to go on for that long really um but thankfully he's kind of wrapping it up in a in a in a good way you know in a, in a way i mean this is the penultimate issue and it was absolutely brilliant so if issue 25 is is half as good then i'm i'm happy with the entire run really um nice. so i think if you're if you're a fan of star wars if you're a fan of um you know uh, looking at the the what it means to be an evil 
you know, what it means to be a bad guy, what it means to be a villain, mm-hmm. um, and what it means to fall from, not only fall from grace, but fall from yourself and change into a new, a, a different version of you and a darker version of you. And I think that that's what this picks up on. And Kieran Gillen's always been great at that kind of thing, um, especially what comes to mind is his journey into mystery yeah. uh, run. Uh, with Thor, uh, Thor, and especially Loki's character, and that was very political, very Machiavellian, um, and there's a lot of that in Darth Vader as well. Really good book. Okay, I'll have to check that out when it when they get when they start getting the trades out. Cause they've had the they have the first trade. I think they have like first two two trades a bit out right now. About yeah, I think two trades, and I think they had the trade of uh, Vader down, which is the crossover story, uh, which crosses over with Star Wars. It's it's. Uh, it's a storyline involving Darth Vader uh, crash landing on a planet surrounded by rebel rebels, and so he's he's, he's alone on a planet full of rebels, um, and they they think this is the perfect time to capture him. Um, so that's kind of like a good crossover story. Okay, cool. Because I, I I was like, man, at first I was like, I was sort of like kind of getting burnt out in the Star Wars and that Star Wars book for a little while there. Now I'm like kind of starting, hmm, I guess they're doing some fun stuff with him again. So I might have to dive back yeah. into it at some point. Well, especially seeing as the Rogue One trailer's just come out today, uh, as of this recording. Still need which, to watch that darn trailer. I have oh, not sat down and so watched good. it yet. Uh, don't listen to all the hype of people going Darth Vader's in this trailer, because he is, but it's the teasiest tease that has ever been teased. <laughs> it's I, it's not even a second, not even one set whole second, I don't think. So, so if they're going to have James Earl Jones do the voice of Vader... Yes, for this, yeah. For this last little bit, then it's like, ooh, they, it's like they better get ready for that one because it's like, it's like this is probably gonna be, because James Rebel is probably because these they got him back for Vader, so I'm like, well, it's like they better get it, they better get these last little bits in because I'm James Rebel, I know he's he's starting to get up there, so I hope they're. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't. I'm glad, I, I'm glad he's getting this last little bit in here to go. Yes, good. Yeah. I can't ever imagine them doing well. Firstly, I can't imagine them doing it without him, and secondly, I don't. I don't really imagine that they'll they'll do much more with Darth Vader because I think they've done everything they're going to do with him. But I think it's cool to have him in this kind of cameo, especially in a film like this where it, it, the story lends itself to having him in it. If you know, if you know what I mean. I know, yeah, because it's going to be interesting because like it takes place right as like kind of like peril, like sort of like just before episode four if i yes it's it's the yeah it's the story of how the rebels got the plans for the death star so it's it's going to be great many bothans will die bringing us this information Mm -hmm. but um but it's going to be worth it and news Armor as well has um shared a a rogue one supercut which is uh on youtube uh, I'm trying to find out who actually made the video, but someone has, as they always tend to do with these trailers, they've cut together every uh, every Rogue One trailer and TV spot that has been released so far into one long supercut, which is brilliant. It's four minutes twenty long, and it is. Oh, I'm trying to find out who actually uh, who actually made it. Star Wars, the Star Wars Alert, which is a YouTube, um, which is a YouTube site. I'm going to start it up now and it's actually going to start playing it, isn't it? So you're going to probably hear it in a second. I'm just trying to find out who actually made the video. 
Star Wars Alert, yeah. So if okay. you go to uh, Star Wars, search Star Wars Alert on YouTube or go to Newsarama, there's a link on there uh, and you can see that super cut. It's really good. Okay, I'll play. I'll actually check that out and a little bit here because I'm like, ooh, because I mean, the YJ is having a chance to really sit down and watch it today. And yeah, it it's really good. But I'm like, I, I know everyone, like, my Rogue One suddenly went, ah, Rogue One trailer. <laughs> there's a Rogue One yeah. trailer. Everyone's like, losing Everything their minds. Just exploded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of movies, you went to see Suicide Squad. Yes, I did. I have not seen it yet. You haven't seen Suicide Squad yet? No, I really want. I did really want to see it, but um, I just haven't got around to seeing it. It's worth seeing. What What are your thoughts about it then? I will say this: I liked it. I mm-hmm. liked the movie. I thought it's it's definitely it's definitely one of those movies that I, what I kind of like about what they've done with this movie is. What's kind of neat about this movie and like general fan reception is one, some of you either you liked it or you really in between on it or just didn't dig it. Mm. There's, it's not like Batman v Superman, which is which was a uh, ooh that was an experience, but mm. but uh, that was an experience. So it's better than Batman versus Superman. But I, I I think it is bad. I think it is better than Batman v Superman. I I can say that pretty easily. I enjoy. I had a lot more fun with it. Overall, it's a lot stronger for me in the Batman v Superman. But so I know some people get some people have their very strong opinions about Suicide Squad that they if they don't dig it, they pretty much really don't dig it. And right. they're justified. I've I've seen like people don't like how Harley Quinn's handled. People don't like how people don't like like how but like but like some but like Harley Quinn didn't bother me. I mean, I kind of knew what I was getting into. Like, OK, Harley, OK, I mean. Margaret Roby does a really good job with this Harley with the new 52 post post but post like post like new 52 post like kind of like this more different Harley it actually works pretty well the mm. same with um like and if I was like I also like Deathstroke Will Smith is Deathstroke he works really well as oh, really Deathstroke I actually liked it it was a lot of fun I mean mm. same with um and also, of course, they have Captain Boomerang. Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang's a riot. He's fun. Apparently, yeah, I've heard that he's really good. Excuse me. And they, and there's like Jai Courtney is a Captain Boomerang, and there's a lot of really good. I mean, there's, I mean, it's like there's a lot of really, and then of course Viola Davis as Amanda Waller's probably one of the best things about this movie. Mm-hmm. And then Jared Leto as Joker. Here's the thing about him. He's, <laughs> he's only like in like he's in the he's in a decent bit of it, but not all, as much as you think. Right, yeah. But I've heard that he's not he's not in it a great deal. And people are, people are like joking that he's gone through all this method acting and leaving pigs' heads everywhere for people and he's in it for like twelve minutes. <laughs> about that. It's about twelve minutes of Jared Leto doing his thing and it's like, Oh, okay. And then Yeah. And it's funny, and then you have like his but it's it's pretty it's it's a solid movie. I'm not it's definitely like pretty much like the best way I heard I was reading one I was listening to one review off a black nerd site actually and uh mm-hmm. and um and he uh, did a review of it off on his youtube and he was like it's a popcorn movie it's a popcorn movie like pure and simple if if you're just kind of like wanting a straight up popcorn movie and you know you're getting into it, it but it is a lot it's fun it's like if you go in, if you kind of go in here like, okay just but it, i don't know I, I don't some of the some people when like some of the critics that really hated it i'm like like when I saw like twenty six percent, I'm like, this doesn't deserve this low, right? Some some, like some of the critiques of it, I'm like, 
you guys shouldn't have critiqued it this low. It's just not. It's not that bad. It's like mm. it's a good. I mean, like I actually gave it. Like I pretty much said. I pretty much told you about people like asking me for a rating. I said about a B. About okay. B. It's a good B. Like it's not, it's not a C, but definitely about a B. But some people hate. Like some people were like it, and it's like. But that's like. But thing is, is like I liked it, and I had fun with it, and. It was funny because some people would act. Some people actually go online and argue with you if you like a movie or if you like something. Yeah. Why did you like that? Your opinion is wrong. It's like, why did you like that so Basically. much? I'm like, because I liked it. And I'm like, and I actually had to post a tweet saying, and I ain't going to argue with you. Now, <laughs> if I like there's the no movie, point in arguing. I ain't going to argue. Yeah. Because it's like it. I get bored really. Because it's, it's like right now. I mean. Are things with the it's like right now is like, like this is sort of like going to be interesting because they showed a trailer for Wonder Woman before my showing a Suicide Squad and seeing the Wonder Woman trailer before that Suicide Squad trailer on a big screen that was cool. Oh yeah, that was, was that one of the best bits. That was really cool. Like right before mm. that movie, like ah oh, yes, that was awesome. And I am looking forward to Wonder Woman. That trailer was fantastic. That movie's going to be cool, and I and I think it's going to be really cool. I think it should be really solid, and I think that um, mm. and I think Suicide Squad is kind of like a movie that I think it's going to be. It's kind of like the weird. I kind of call that movie the period where this or like they're kind of coming. They're coming off a of beat Batman v Superman, and they went a little too dark on Batman v Superman at points for some mm-hmm. people. And me as like, mm, I like. I get as I like, am. Eh, yeah, they they kind of like transition. And now Batman Suicide Squad's kind of like this movie in between the transition period, just before Jeff Johns got more power and start and and all people started they start realizing, okay, quick, we got to make these movies a little more fun. We got to start. Yeah, you got to start tweaking with these a little bit tone wise because it's so that does have it does have a sense of humor about it. It does have fun. It does have a little bit of fun with it, but. It does. It does suffer from a very quirky final act that it's not bad, but it's like uh, okay. It's like, but it's not bad either because like, but I really do like the characters in this movie. The mm-hmm. characters are really fun. For the overall, they had good character work. It's fun characters they had, and but and it's like, and really, it's like the and also the profile they actually got a kick out. They did like they did profiles in all the different characters. So, and. And apparently, Captain Boomerang likes pink unicorns. <laughs> that, that's, that's certainly something. Profile. He likes pink unicorns, and then it's like, and then, and then it's they have um, let's see, they do like little bits of everyone. So like Killer Croc gets a little bit in there, and then, and then El Diablo gets a nice little bit, and so everyone gets a little. I don't know. It's so yeah. It's definitely so. Of course, it's like really an enchantress gets a nice little bit in there, but really. The showstoppers of the of the movie are Amanda Waller. Um, it's definitely a man. It's definitely as like Amanda Waller, Harley Quinn, and Will Smith, with an extra bonus for freaking for freaking the Killer Croc. Killer Croc has some really fun lines in there. Oh, cool! And Captain Boomerang is really solid, and and uh, El Diablo gets gets a few really cool moments. They probably could have done more of El Diablo, but that's what, like some aspect of this is why I really, really wish they would have made like a TV, like it actually would have been able to keep Suicide Squad as a TV series concept, like in like Arrow or something. But yeah, but you know, this movie, it works pretty, it works fairly well. It ain't perfect, but it actually works pretty well, and it works better than Batman v Superman as 
an entire concept. So cool. I think give it a shot. I mean, there's a really there's also a couple cool cameos or the and really and really it's like one of the things that I think everyone can almost agree on is Viola Davis is the man of Waller is probably one of the best things ever and you're gonna adore Viola Davis as if they if they if DC hasn't figured just to have Viola Davis just make cameo appearances in like all the DC movies as Amanda Waller, they're nuts. Yeah, well, they were Nick Fury. They were saying, yeah, that that she could be the Nick Fury of the Justice League. Like have her pop in, be like, and pretty much be that jerk that just pops up because she's pretty yeah. much unrelentingly horrible and she's awesome <laughs> at it. And Brilliant. she's she, yeah, as I I like it's it's worth seeing. Definitely give it a shot, Matt. I think you I think you dig it. I think watch. get give it a watch. I think it's it's pretty enjoyable. I mean, like I said, is it perfect? No, but. Is it fun? Yeah, it's fun. It has a lot Sweet. of fun to it, and it has, and it pretty much it pretty much embraces what it is, and and it's so yeah, it's, I I had fun with it. It's cool. about the best way to describe it. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm about almost I almost like critique right now. I had fun with it. It's not perfect, but I had fun with it, and and it's like when BBS like I was like years days later, I was sort of like later I was like going, hmm, hmm. I was like sort of going okay, rah, 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 rah. Suicide Squad. Like, it's been since Monday, and I'm still sort of like, I still dig it. I still had fun with it. Good. Hmm. I'm actually, I'm like, this movie's yeah, sort of yeah. like getting consistent flow with me. Good. Well, this is our uh, summer special episode of That's the Issue. And summer special, summertime for comics means events. Um, summertime. Um, so I got that summertime where the living is. I got that song stuck <laughs> yeah, in my that's head. That's in my head. Or, or, like, or, or it's it's or I go Will Smith's summertime. Yeah, yeah. Death Strike himself. Dead shot himself. Dead shot. Sorry, Death yeah. Strike. Um, so you had the good idea of talking about the first events that we ever come across when we started reading comics. So what was the first event that you come across? Oh man. Well, it probably wasn't my first event, but definitely the most memorable one was the death and re- the death and then return of Superman. Period. Right. Okay. That at the height. That was the height of '90s crazy town with comics. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, it was, it was like for any of our younger viewers out there, if you're there was a '90s comics boom, and mm-hmm. it was crazy. It was legit one of the craziest thing you would ever witness as a comic fan. As like it was like comic sales were were doing really well. They had they had tons of copies of comics. It was like everything. It was like it was that. That's why you saw. That's why if you ever go into like a quarter bin at a comic store and you see all these books from the nineties and you see a ton of them chilling, mm-hmm. there's a reason why. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. every there was like tons of comic companies popping up left and right and just overpublishing books like and like the eighties and nineties and all that. It's like late 80s and the 90s was like yeah there's a ton of companies out there this for publishing books left and right and you'll stumble upon them and you're like wow this is so so when so the death superman happened see story of that is it's like back in the day they always they were always thinking about that the death superman supposed to be like oh it's just going to be a little special event like a little thing we do like and then but it happened on a slow news day <laughs> and the new media real thought Oh, they're killing off Superman. It's like, but we've killed off Superman like five times. But okay, yeah. And yeah. suddenly, less than ten years before that, and Superman seventy five sold ton, tons of copies. Superman, I mean, it was like 
in like the salad days, like Superman, X-Men, and all that stuff, everything was just selling like gangbusters. And it was the, and it, but Superman got, got so much hype from that period. It was so, so it was interesting. I was on, so I was on vacation with my parents and, mm-hmm. and this was around the time period when the Return of Superman was starting to kick in. And there was issue, Vince Superman number 500, where, uh, where Clark was starting to come back, was like, come back from the dead. And there's like sort of like a period of time. And what happened was I was on vacation and there was this and there's this comic store, Dave's Comics, that I always had wanted to visit because they always had ads for it in the comic books. So like, oh, I want to. Ooh, we're nearby one. I wouldn't mind seeing it. So so it was in a little like strip mall in uh, Virginia. And I was like, oh, cool. I get to see. But there was a line. There was a line out the door. Wow. I was like, what? Why is there a line out the door? So I stood in the line and there were TV cameras. They were interviewing people. I think I, I think I even got a quick interview or something. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I get, it's like, I, I, I got on TV probably in a Virginian television station. I never saw. I actually looked for, I could, but I can't uh, remember if I saw it or not. But yeah, I got on Virginian TV probably like five seconds, but yeah, there was TV crews. They were always, then I got in the comic store, and all it was was just people getting in there, buying one comic, and they were out because they had like a line of like fifty people. It was something to behold. I was like, and I wanted to go look through the back issues, go look through the back issues because there was a line of like, like twenty something people in this small comic store, and and you could, and they were like lined up. They had like the back issues sealed off. You couldn't like really go through anything. They had had everything arranged for like this line, like everyone single file, grab your comic. Wow. And then leave, and like, oh, but I, okay, <laughs> never mind. So my, so my experience, so like, what? So, so yeah, there was like, I got to see, I got to pop on TV for a second and be stuck in a line in a comic <sighs> store, and I, I was like, oh, well, that was underwhelming. That was like, oh, well, <laughs> and I that was all for this issue, was it? And 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 it was like, and it was like a big deal issue. Like they got, they really had it hyped. I was like, and it was a good issue, but I'm like, wow, this is. And that was like one of those things where I went, wow, this is crazy. Like, mm. I realized back then, like around 93 was also, because the comic speculation boom lasted until about, hmm, 94? About 93, 94 was about like, out, maybe I had one more year left of the speculation boom really being on fire. Mm. If I get it wrong, any comics people out there, I'm sorry, I cannot. <laughs> this is about the time period, like, I it was like 94 or so, 95. It was like, it was like right up a few where it was like comics were just, eventually things would start leveling out, but this is about that time where it was still on fire. Mm. And being at a comic store, getting to see that, I was like, wow. Like, the only thing I really see like crazy lines at a comic store nowadays are usually like free comic book day or, yeah, or maybe signings. Like, or like signings, but for just for a, re- for a, just a basic release of a comic book, just for one comic book, that. and you get and you have a line out the door with like TV crews with a TV crew from a local television station. Yeah, yeah, you. It's it's something to behold, man. That it's definitely something you realize. Going, wow, this is something to see, and I got to be part of that. And even though I didn't need to get any other comics outside of just that one comic book that day, because wanted to look for more, but I couldn't look for more. Yeah. Twelve-year-old me was very disappointed. Like, oh, 
I'm going to some more comics. But it's like, shoot. But I remember I left and I was like, I remember I was like, wow, what just happened? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> like, this is WO me going, huh, that was weird. And, but, and then it's like, well, I'm okay. Well, I got my comic. That's cool. And I think I, and I think I, and it's like, and so yeah, that was, that was definitely one of the weirdest events I'd ever, one of the weirdest thing I'd ever witnessed at a, at a comic store was just like, wow. But then when I got back in the comics, like, I was, I was kind of like at the tail end of like the event cycle not being as eventy hmm. until like, it didn't really get very eventy again until like, like the near, like around the early thousands where it started getting really, like the events really started kicking in again. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would say like, like the event cycle really started kicking back in right around the time of Infinite Crisis. But for the first few years I was in the comics, it was a very calmer event period. Where events were not as crazy, it was very kind of low keyish. Like it was sort of like you had like you had like heroes return, heroes reborn happen, and then it's like and then it's like and then you had like the tail end, and you started seeing like all these events, but it wasn't it was so low key. But it certainly but wasn't like as back in the night, it is now. But now it's like whoa! Every it's like now it's like event reboot, event reboot, event relaunch, relaunch reboot, reload, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, and then so yeah, I mean, and, and I and I remember, and I, I know, you, and like you, and what was like, I remember you, what was your first event that you vividly? And I'm curious, I'm like curious how how heavy your event cycle was, because like my event cycle is pretty much. I main reason why I remember that one so well is because I, I saw a freaking TV, I saw a freaking Virginian TV crew. Yeah, yeah, that's how I well, remember. Mine was, Mine was a little more a little more low key than that. I didn't get on uh, I didn't get on local television with mine, um, but um, mine was I think. Well, we we talked about it briefly in a previous episode. I think it was episode one where we talked about it. Uh, talked about our first ever kind of comics, um, but mine was around the time I suppose Heroes Reborn was the first kind of event that I was reading. Um, but I didn't really realize it was an event because I was just reading mm-hmm. Fantastic Four and Iron Man. And I was just reading them thinking they were like newer versions or rebooted versions before I even knew what the word reboot was. Yeah. Uh, rebooted versions of, of those. Yeah, of those kind of car- of those characters. But then it got to Heroes Reborn The Return, which is the four issue miniseries uh, that capped off the Heroes Reborn era. Um, and that was the first time I ever really had a taste for what an event was. Um, and I reread them today, actually, in kind of in anticipation of, uh, of talking about it. Um, but it was a four issue series and it was um, written by Peter David uh, and drawn by Salvador La Roca, which yes. is um, strange because we were just talking about Darth Vader and... I I like the art in Heroes Return or Heroes Reborn the Return, but compared to his work in Darth Vader, I mean he has come on leaps and bounds and that's it's to be expected because this painfully as it is for me to say this, this is twenty years old now, this uh, this comic. Mm-hmm. Um so I'd hope that he has advanced in the twenty years since he drew this, but his art on Darth Vader is absolutely fantastic. Uh and uh, but this is very much in the Rob Liefeld style or the kind of the era of I don't want to just pinpoint on Rob is- Liefeld because I quite I quite like Rob Liefeld but um it's it's of the era of ex- extreme and exaggerated um 
exaggerated I, form. You know, Lorca's art, I wouldn't say Liefeld. I would say, hmm, how would you compare him? Kind of, I don't know, like the the late the like the mid to late nineties was sort of like an interesting period for art because like they because Lorca was kind of like his art style was first he had a very animated kind of very like detailed but still very animated sort of look to his art for the mm-hmm. longest time with his and then so that was like and sort of like I remember I've only I'm not read Pierce but I've seen like I've seen some art from the issues of it and it was very much like kind of like that animated sort of I don't know if I call them life belt or not, but definitely that transition period where they were transitioning away from the extreme style and going more into yeah, that's mm. an interesting period. Yeah, don't mind me. I'm kind of like ruminating here a second. I no, no, like, I know what you. I know exactly what you mean because it did definitely. It definitely had that had a the period had a look, didn't it? The '90s had a very you know you can tell straight away when a comic's from the '90s, um, and this series definitely has that. Um, and I remember reading it at the time and it was in UK reprints. So these kind of uh, cardboard bound um, reprints that were double, double sized issues. And so it had one month I had Heroes Reborn Return part one and two and then part three and four was the following month. So I read it quite quickly. Um, and um, I, you know, I think fell in love with it really in uh, a you know, rereading it today, it's the storyline seems quite simplistic and there are quite a few not plot holes, but doesn't really you just kinda of have to go with it. You just kinda of have to roll with it a little bit like, oh okay, because comics, that's fine. Yeah. Um it's it's not as the the it's not like Secret Wars, like this last year, Secret Wars was a fantastic, you know, really um really smart, really uh, deep kind of complex plot. Uh, whereas this was very much like, you know, we have to break through dimensions to get home. Okay, we've done it. Brilliant. You know, so it's kind of, it is what it is. Um, but I remember falling in love with it at the time because it was an event in the sense of it, it opened up a bigger, a bigger universe, you know, literally because I didn't know anything about Onslaught. I didn't know anything about... Um, the X-Men or Spider-Man or Hulk apart from the cartoons um, and then reading the reading these two series that I was reading already Fantastic Four and Iron Man and then suddenly it kind of they segue into this um, big event of right well the universe we've been living in is not the real universe and we have to break through dimensional barrier to get back to our home universe and they do and then it all starts with number ones um, then that was that was brilliant and i really got to see the whole of the marvel universe then um because as we talked about in episode one i picked up fantastic four issue one and you picked up uh avengers issue one yeah which um which was around the same time and that was the, the that was the hero's return era um and I think that's the kind of period that you were talking about, where there was a bit of a, a bit of an event lull, wasn't there? Really? Yep. Because um, they, I think, I think they were sort of like, well, we got to reestablish our stuff because like Marvel was dealing with bankruptcy. Because mm-hmm. they were dealing with bankruptcy until for a good while, they were having to get out oh, of it. Yeah. So I was like, so they were having to go back to basics. So I was like, well, okay, we gotta, yeah. we're we gotta get make some money. So they went to the core stuff faster than you can blink. So. Well, that was kind of, you know, what you were talking about. Your your event, uh, Death and Return of Superman, was in the boom 
of the speculator boom. Mm-hmm. But then my event was as a result of the bust of that, you know, that bubble bursting almost, wasn't it? You know, yep, so man. Marvel, yeah, Marvel went into bankruptcy because eventually people realized that, yeah, these comics have been printed, you know, by the millions and therefore are worthless. And uh, so the mar- the bottom fell out of the market and Marvel almost went into bankruptcy. So some of their biggest stars, uh, superstar artists and writers at the time had broken off to form Image Comics. Um, and, and you ever... No, go on. No, I got, I got one. I get this is only popped in my head. If you ever, if you go online and look up old, do, and like, if you ever look around, I think there's a documentary they that was on Netflix, and they did like a superheroes documentary, and they talked about some of the comic stuff. And there's actually a bit about the '90s in which they said, in which they had people they interviewed at the period of time, like in the '90s news shows, that said, "I'm buying this kid, buying this comic for my kid's college." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, oh, oh dear." Oh. And I get just look up old night. Seriously, for any of you guys out there, look up any old '90s clips of like, of like comic stuff back in the period. You'll, your your mind will be like, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Did you say there was a Netflix documentary? It's a, it's on it's it was on it aired on PBS initially, here in the oh, okay. states, and it's called Superhero. I can't remember the full name, but it's like Superheroes. Some, but it's very, it's a very good doc, and it was a very cool little story, and it's definitely. And definitely has, and when I, when I was like, when it got to the 90s, I went, oh, 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 this is brutal. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah, it's like, you got to see like the, you got into it at the bust of it. And I, and cause actually it was funny. I got out of it at like, sort of like the peak boom into bust period. And then I got back into it. Not long, not too much longer. And like when the, when the bust was starting that happened, but still it's sort of like they were sort of the rebuilding period. So I got back into it as they were kind of rebuilding from the boom period, which was holy crap, we wow, we that went crazy, didn't it, kids? Yeah, yeah. And it, it was it was absolutely mental. And um a good book if you want to read about um the that time period, but also generally the whole book is about the the whole history of Marvel. Um, and it's Marvel Comics, The Untold Story oh, yeah. uh, by Sean Howe, which um, I'm holding in my hands right now. It's a brilliant book, really fascinating. It starts off, um, you know, back way back in the days of timely comics and the early days of Stan and Jack and works its way all the way through to, you know, the modern, the modern era. And it goes through that period of time. And that's one of the most fascinating, as you can imagine, fascinating eras to, to read about. I actually have that comic. I mean, not comic, that book around here. I actually have not sat down and read it yet. So I need to do that at some point here. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And it, it does, it does kind of cover that. And it, and it leads into really the idea of event comics, because I think, you know, the for better or worse, you know, the Heroes Reborn um, event and the Death and Return of Superman did exactly what they were designed to do, which was to drive sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came at two very different periods of time for, for comics generally. Um, but overall, they they did exactly the same. They did exactly the same thing, which is to drive people into the comic shops and to and to rejuvenate the, the market. And that's what's interesting at that period of time. I mean, they were really trying to get people back into the shop. And it's like, and in like the death and return of Superman, everyone was thinking, Oh my Lord, all these, and they were not just that book, but all these other events, like, Oh, this is going to be collectible. It's number one issue. Cool. And then, and there were people who were losing their minds over anything that had number one or whatever else. But, mm. 
when um like as Heroes Reborn hit, it was sort of Heroes like the Heroes uh Reborn hit, it was like, uh oh, maybe this would be a number one, maybe it'll be valuable, or maybe it'll I we don't know. Well, some of the image guys are involved in it, so it might be worth money later. Okay, yeah. maybe cool. But it so but by the end of it it was like, no. And then and here's and then Heroes Return became well the the speculator market had pretty much died off, so it was more like, mm, yeah, okay, it's cool. And then and it's sort of like, and it was like pretty much the speculators had faded away, and then we had the what was left was mostly just okay, just the people who were kind of getting back in the comics. And that was about when you started getting more of the readers and less of the speculator market kicking in. Mm. And I think that the like image image comics definitely helped to uh, revitalize the reader really because you know the superhero genre as much as you know it's a staple of you know of my comics reading um it's it's definitely there certainly came a time in the 90s and i think it's there there are cycles of it where it does just uh, stagnate you know and i think we're in we're in a great period at the moment i think we're on a peak um where there's a lot of originality a lot of brand new talent coming in a lot of brand new takes on comics like not just rebirth but you know things like miss marvel and beatable squirrel girl uh hellcat howard the duck that you know the kind of taking a different perspective to you know what superhero comics can be i agree um and i think that that's that's great but definitely image comics certainly paved the way for uh, comics to be seen as a different type of medium really not just you know superheroes for for all for image comics being as part of the crazy speculator boom as it was in the early 90s with uh, when they did like young blood and all these crazy books they published tons of this stuff mm. Boy, never ever tell someone that their young blood number one's worthless. It's not exactly a fun conversation to have. <laughs> but or spot yeah. or like like but most but but it's like but one of the things where a lot of these books that they got released, they were just like but the thing is what became out of this company that had all these crazy books that were hitting that were a big part of the speculator room and then now nowadays and now Image Comics is one of the biggest revolutionaries in doing really cool creator owned comics. And yeah. sort of led this idea of all these other com- and other companies doing. You know what? We should look into doing creator-owned comics again. Like that's why Dark Horse is now diving back into doing creator-owned comics again because they realized, hmm, we could get a little bit of that. And yeah, then yeah. you have like companies like AfterShock going, yeah, we could do a little bit of that. So some of these companies are thinking, hmm, letting these creators go nuts. This could work. Let's do yeah, this. Well, you, so you know, without so image, you we haven't get any of these. You wouldn't get you wouldn't get black mask. You wouldn't get aftershock. Exactly, black mask for for black mask the same way. It's like we can get in this. I mean, now this is like what now we have like a comics industry. Like even though the big two, a lot of it is built on events in that DC trying to dial back from it, but for the most part, they're probably but is dialing back from a lot of events outside of like the mini crossover doing in September October. But hmm. but uh, for the most part, pretty much. But it's pretty much for the most part, it's uh, generally, but like Marvel, like pretty much a lot, they're doing all these big storylines. And then it's like, well, if you're not really into the stuff DC Marvel is doing, there's a plenty of other comic companies that have stuff you might be one to dive into right now. That Oh, definitely. So that's kind of like the neat thing you have right now. Rather than yeah. some back in the day, you had a little bit of a rougher period where it'd be like, 
Mm, there wasn't. There was still stuff out there, but it was a little bit tougher to get your hands on. Now, mm. nowadays, like even though some stuff is tough to get your hands on, nowadays with the rise of digital comics and and like stuff like that, it's a much. It's definitely a much more accessible age for people. To oh, get. absolutely. So that's the yeah. best part of that. The market is completely different to what it used to be, um, and it's 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 changed the way that comics are produced you know so marvel especially has jumped on this uh seasonal model mm-hmm. you know which is where you know they bring out um 12 issues 13 issues 15 issues and then they start it all over again and they do that in the form of events you know so they have like, uh, events almost as punctuation marks in their ongoing you know universe so that's and that's their thing right now. It's like and they're like, well, this is like, and someone asked them about it, like, well, what is like, well, some it it works for us right now, so that's what we're gonna do. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. books that are gonna keep going past like the twelve issue, like certain other books, but a lot of books they're just like, yeah, reboot it, new yeah. direction, cool, reboot, Re- well, not reboot, relaunch. That's what they call it. They like to call, they like to say relaunch rather that's than reboot. It. It's never a reboot, yeah. Never a reboot, never say. <laughs> It's all one long story. They don't reboot it. Yeah. We don't need to have people saying reboot. Hmm. And I think that's it. I think I've, you know, you hear people talk about event fatigue and like, I don't really, it's not that I don't believe in it, but I don't, I don't subscribe to that because I think if, you know, if the stories are good, if the, if the event is, is good, it's a quality event, then, you know, that surely that's what you want. You know, surely you want, the stories that you're reading to be bigger and better, especially superhero comics. You know, you want big world ending stuff. Um, but what I do agree with is the the fatigue that comes with the the constant shifting, the constant number ones. Um, I get number one fatigue, I think more than event fatigue, because I'm not do that. You know, yeah. I'm not as interested. Uh, I'm not as interested in a brand new number one, a brand new take, a brand new season, if you will. I'd rather I I've grown up with the old school versions of like, you know, the Claremont eras, the, you know, the longer runs of comics that really allow you to delve into the characters and explore a bigger narrative rather than just short, sharp, you know, done in one almost seasons, if you will. I mean, yeah. what, what, how do you feel about the seasons of comics? It's, I'm touring because it's like, I don't, I'm not as into it because I can see, it's like, like sometimes what I do now is like certain books, I actually check to see when the, like certain books I don't say, like Marvel has a really cool way of doing it right now where they'll, if the series are not planning to reboot it, they'll say, oh, here's a new story arc. Oh, that's cool. So if you want to hop on with a story arc, neat. But mm. like with DC for a period of time, I actually had a thing where I actually would check to see when the comic cut off next. I was like, oh, OK, the first trade goes to here so I can buy this to start into this series. And like for a while I won't. But but for the most part now, but it's like so I think I get more. I definitely do have the number one like that. But it's like, well, here's another. They they re- very launched again. Oh, yeah, they're doing it again. It's like you just kind of. I just kind of go, I've seen this so much at this point. I just go, well, here we go. Let's see how this works out. And if it, I mean, it's like, I, I think I just call it the, I've seen it's like, I definitely, that's the fatigue of it. You just go, ah, I've seen it. I mean, hmm. are you imagine how many comic stores are at the point they're like, seen it. Yep. We're, we've adapted to it at this point. We're, 
where kind yeah. it's kind of like it's not something they're it's, not, it's like it does make it easier for like a new reader to go oh here's a number one but at the same time it's like but i don't know it's like you could say like well here's a new jumping on point rather than yeah another number one every but it's like well here's another another number one it's like i i it's it's weird i i think it's like what i think it's just it does get exhausting after but it's like come on it's like i mean it's like but this is what they want to do right now. It's like Marvel right now has embraced the seasonal model. Now, hmm. now the thing, now the thing is, it's like now stuff like say like Image does. Like, well, no, like some people do. Like they'll like keep the, they keep the series. I like what Image does. Of like the creators for Image Comics have been doing. Like they'll do okay, five issues, trade, take a few issues off, keep the series going, but then start back up with another arc like two or three months later and go okay, here's issue six or. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, I actually get it. I really dig that. That's pretty neat. But I like that too because you get the best of both worlds. Then you get like the the shorter kind of stories that are have a beginning, middle, and end, but they are part of a bigger, a greater whole. Exactly. Rather than like, though it is a shame this week. Like, because I because I would have loved because because like they were gonna like right now is like like DC said they're all, they're not gonna do like any more of the press comic. Oh yeah, they the, cancelled uh, it, haven't they? They actually said. They uh they're gonna do a twelve like what like a twelve sixteen page uh, election special. It's like yep, we're gonna wrap it up a little quick special and then be done. It's over. It's like and they were gonna do like another six issue series, but I saw the sales for it. And I'm like, huh, I had a feeling the sales were gonna hit that book hard because mm. even though the trade I think is gonna do really well over time with this election cycle we have going on right now, like here in the states, I'm like I would have just gone with it. <laughs> I would have done it. I was like, they had a real opportunity. It, take a hit, take a hit during right now. Take a hit, like publish it in like October, whatever. Take the hit, and then hmm. see what happens. And then if it does, if like if it doesn't do, if it didn't do that great, like okay, but it would have been actually kind of cool to see what, how it would have done, like the second the second half of it. But I can see from their point of view, the sales just was probably not worth it for them long term. But. I think I think you touched on um, quite a good point there about the, the the trade and it will look good in the trade and I think that's I think that's the payoff for this seasonal approach and I think that's the payoff with having events fairly frequently is the trade. idea that they will they will look good in trade yeah they'll they'll make a great bookshelf um, and 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 on that side I can definitely agree with it because you know I'm I'm looking at my shelf now and I've got. You know, I've got the Hawkeye series from Matt Fraction and David Aha, and that was that was almost a season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was I, what twenty twenty two issues, um, and that was brilliant. And the Moon Knight with uh, Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby, that was six issues. And you know, at the time, you're like, oh, well, you know, what are they? Why are they? Why are they ending it? You know, keep it going. And obviously, Ellis doesn't stay on comics very long anyway, but. Nope. Um, but still, you know, that makes a great book. You know, that's a great trade that I can give to someone and go, yeah, read this. It's brilliant. And it's it's done in one as opposed to, you know, all my X-Men trades where it's like, where do you want to start? It's, it's like, know, do you want to start with volume like, one of just, Apocalypse or... But that's the thing how they do nowadays. It's just... It's like, and that's why... They, I think that's why they do the season models. So they can just get season, trade, season, trade, season, trade, 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 trade. Yeah, like yeah. Like six issues, 12 issues, okay, cool, bam. And they can, and they have easy collectible thing. They can just get set up on the shelf later on, later on when they finish. Mm, yeah, and 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 to that end, that's I definitely subscribe to that because you know that's where you're going to get people coming in. You know that's where you're going to get people reading 
comics is picking up the the trades and picking up the the hardback collections you know obviously civil war one is still selling gangbusters you know it's go it's still flying off the shelves volume one of walking dead you know the, the first trade of that you cannot keep that in a shop you know yeah. it's it's it flies off and you know it, it sells way more than issue 157 you know so i definitely get that yeah. and i think that's the that's the trade-off isn't it and i think if uh, you know the, the the downside to that slightly is when writers or editors focus on the trade and it diminishes the enjoyment of the single issue you know and there's a lot of comics unfortunately that are like that at the moment where you read it and you go yeah this is good it'll be it'll read really well as a trade but as an issue you know they, they've they've almost lost the art of the single issue sometimes um and again i think that it's it's a, it's a curse of it's a curse of the new market we're in, yeah. you know, because music's the same. A lot of people say, oh, people have lost the art of making an album because digitally speaking, no one listens to albums anymore. Uh, and it's almost the opposite way around with comics. You know, people will pick up the album, but they won't read, they won't listen to the single, you know, the single issue. They won't, they won't read because they'll be reading it as part of the whole. That's good. That's very apt because that's the Did truth. Did you like that? People, <laughs> some people, like comic fans are like, it's very, like music fans, it's like they'll pick up a single. And like another single, and they mm. won't really pick up an album. Some people won't pick up an album, or but when they pick up, but it's like comics is like, oh, wait for the trade. It's like they and they, if you get if you guys could get them to do another a done in one issue, bravo, you have done something miraculous. But mm, yeah. it's like if you got, but most people is like they comics are pretty much a lot of comics are built for single issue, bam, 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 yeah. and then they get the trade out. It's like okay, some people because that. I know a lot. I know a lot of people who are trade waiters, who who just wait yeah. for the trade to come out later on, rather than rather than just buying the single issues. So it's yeah, it's interesting how that how two industries work in completely different ways. Yeah, it, it's strange, isn't it? And I think a lot of that is to a lot of to do with comics anyway. A lot of it is to do with the success of event books, you know, and the success of again civil war because it was an event it becomes you know they're called event books for a reason you know because when it comes out it is an event that it is when it's released and as you your story about death and return of superman that was that was a physical event for you wasn't it you know because it was literally yeah. you're in a queue when you're on tv and and you know you come away and go wow that was an event in my life and that's yeah. and that's that's what it is you know that's what it happens that's how it happens in in comics and so again the idea that they're bringing out more and more events kind of does does diminish that slightly but at the same time yeah yeah six months a year from now if you look at it on a shelf then that's that's what people are going to be picking up and that's potentially the market they're looking at isn't it and that and it's interesting to me because like i was reading an interview with uh, matt fraction the other day and him at marvel his thing was he like he said he did it. He did uh, fear itself, and he thought it's like I screwed up fear itself. So I thought I was done in comics or done wow. in Marvels at least. So he thought I. But I'm like, wasn't that bad of a read, dude? Poor. I like actually felt bad for the guy reading. I was like, dude, it wasn't that <laughs> bad of a read, man. That's like, I, but like I, I, I feel. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for him because I love Matt Fraction, but I I really could not get on board with fear itself just it did not feel like him at all and i'm not i wasn't going into it thinking 
I really can't wait to read this Matt Fraction event. I was going in reading. I really want to read this Marvel event, but it just uh, just didn't 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 gel with me at all. Yeah, that was the weird thing about Fear itself was like that's why I felt bad for him. It's like because I could tell it's like he was one of the things. Well, well, um, Matt, here's an event to do. Matt, Mister Fraction, yeah. here's an event you get to deal with. And it came and it's like and it's pretty much, it was like dark. It was like Blackest Night with hammers. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. So, I'm like, oh, poor. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's blackest night with hammers. I'm yeah. like, oh, jeez, Louise. And it, and it just didn't that, work. So that's what kind of sparked this event idea in my head. I thought because I actually thought that's why I went. And it's like he feels this. Bad. Like that's what kind of sparked this event thing. And like, wow, because some people I remember for yourself when it first hit, people were like, and then, and then, and then later on down, I actually read the entire Fear Itself series like down the road. No, mm. I, I read the like the the seven like the, the event series itself. Like, and I'm like, wasn't that bad? I mean, it's not perfect by any means. Oh Lord, no, but <laughs> it's not that bad. It's actually a pretty. It's not. It's a decent read. I mean, it's not like wow, this is the best read ever. Like, oh, not bad, not that bad. Mm. It's like, I mean, it's worth reading at least once. So they, it's like I, I was entertained. It wasn't like. But I wasn't, but it was, but some people were like, of course, some people with Fear Itself, some people who did not like Fear Itself, they really didn't like Fear Itself with very passionate opinions. I remember yeah. that very well. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, I remember people just absolutely hating on it. But people always hate on events. You know, people hate on Secret Wars and Secret Wars was brilliant. Secret Wars is actually a pretty good event. I mean, yeah. I think what hit that series hard was... The fact that the delays, yeah, true. The delays hit that book hard, and by the end of Secret Wars, people were like, "It's over. It, it it's over, right? Is it over now? <laughs> it so so it, it's actually over. Uh huh. It's actually over. Yeah. Oh, thanks, thank the Lord, it's over. All right. <laughs> Good. It's, over. it's like it did. It was all consuming. Probably more so than like, Civil War in a way. In Civil War, at least Civil War, it's going to be over soon. Yeah, yeah, they're already like unless something really weird happens with that series is like crazy delay or whatever. But it's going to be over by like September, October, and then okay, and then then they'll have Marvel Now stuff hitting. But but like mm-hmm. Secret Wars is going right into the all new, all different. People are like, oh, please be over. Like yeah, they yeah. got the new books coming out. Secret Wars isn't over yet. Please be <laughs> over Secret Wars. Yeah, I mean that's what it was. I remember that people were like, ah, is it over yet? No. No, it's not. Civil War One was I remember the delays on that were immense. Like between I think it was between four and five or something was months. It was insane. And then you got and then you get into like even like some of the books I was reading, like uh I don't I know um oh gosh, um like there's some books I had that had crazy freaking delays. Like even like even Infinite Crisis had some some had some issues where uh, back in the day where they had to get like three, four different artists to make sure the book got out on time. And then they had, then Final Crisis had to give, like, had to give, like, two, three different artists to get that book done. Because J.G. Jones was, was slow in the book. And then they had to get, like, Doug Monka to finish up the last bit of it. So. And I think with things like that, I I would much rather the Secret Wars model and, and, you know, the Civil War model to a certain degree as well, where they, there is a delay there's a consistent artist on it and you know that's that's one of the occasions where i can understand the long game because 
bringing out the trade of secret wars or civil war it's going to read better it's going to look better if it's all one consistent artist and you know six months after the event yeah you know we still talk about the delays because we remember them but you know the average comic fan that goes in and picks up civil war off the shelf they've got it all there you know and the same with infinite crisis the same with secret wars they're never going to remember the the delays and that's it isn't it you know they they pick it up and they read it and you've got to think about the the quality of the book once it's complete and i think that kind of uh, that ties everything everything we're saying together really doesn't it because that's all there that's all they're thinking about when it comes to when it comes to these um I think that's quite a good place to end it there. Then I think we've yeah. um, we've we've talked all around events. I think we've talked about the good of them, the bad of them, some of our favourites, some of our least favourites. At least favourites. I mean, the thing it is, is like events. There are they. There's something that you can either dive into, and you dig them, or you don't like them. But the thing is, the one thing about events is you can either have fun with it, roll with it, have a good time with it, or you can just ignore it entirely. Yeah. Events are. It's like it's like it's one of those things where you can you're pretty much either like there's really no like and some people are in between so events there they they are they are a part of comics and you know what sometimes are and like anything else sometimes they're a lot of fun and they fit and you're having a great time with other times they're just kind of there and you just kind of got to ride it out until whatever happens next exactly and they're never going to go away you know because they do make money they make money so you can either get on board and read it or if you don't like it wait for it to finish pick up something else there's so much else out there you know both coming out and older stuff you know dive into the back catalog and if you still love those characters they'll be there when you come back in some form or another you know there might be a different different costume different person playing the role but the characters will still be there and they'll be you know nine times out of ten nowadays especially with marvel they'll be in a brand new number one so it'd be easy exactly. for you to pick up yeah <laughs> All right, well, I think we'll end it there then. Uh, This was the summer special episode of That's the Issue. Um, As always, you can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, Google. We are literally everywhere. You cannot turn around without finding us. Um, If you like the show, subscribe to us. Um, We've always got new things coming up. I'm always hoping to get more content out there for you. Um, If you can leave us a review, that would be absolutely fantastic, Uh, especially on iTunes. It would help us to to grow, help us to reach more people, get more people involved. Um, I'm going to put some show notes together, a few photos and things uh, on the website, uh, which is awesomesourcecomics.com. Uh, which is uh, spelled S-O-U-R-C-E, as in your source for all things awesome. Uh, That's where you can find me. That's my blog. And you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Matt Loon, M-A-T-T-L-U-N-E. Wes, where can they find you and all of the things you do? You can find me on Geekulanded, at at Geekulanded on Twitter, or you can find me at my at my blog, at my uh, site on Geekulanded.com, which I am working on a few things as we speak, so... Right, over this weekend, I'll be seeing a bunch of new stuff pop up on the blog here. But definitely, awesome! I've missed your writing. Thank you. I've been like, it's it's been a very wacky few weeks on my end. I, Chicago and other crap. So I've been yeah, I've been a little. It's been a little crazy around this end, but I'm getting back into things. But I've been, but definitely between, but pretty much between at Geekulanded and Geekulanded.com, that's where you can find me pretty much all the time. So feel so if you, and you have if you have any. If you have any suggestions, like if you ever, like say we have a week where we don't can't find, can't find a guest like this, and we just mm-hmm. and we just wanted to discuss some, like a neat little like 
like a certain book, like a that like a certain issue that you would be like, hmm, that'd be kind of fun to see what they would dive into. Yeah, you anything you're interested in our opinion on, like for like the opening segment of the show or something, feel free to ask. Um, we we could probably we could probably like if you have any like either questions for us or whatever. Yeah, feel free to ask us. It'd be like either Twitter like send us a tweet, either hit at Matt and Matt Loon or me myself at at Geekulanded and. Always happy to answer questions or yeah, you know, yeah. want to dive into on the show. Same Definitely, here. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, which is probably the best way to get in touch with either of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we always, you know, we're both really good at responding, talking to people. I uh, like to have a good natter on there. Exactly. Uh, we have got an email address as well, uh, which is that's the issue podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, and that's uh, that's where you can uh, send us any long thoughts or reviews of comics. We'll read out your reviews, things like that. If you've got anything you want to plug, get in touch. Feel free. Um, yeah, we'll be hopefully be back in two weeks. Uh, I know there was a bit of a delay on this one, uh, as Wes said. There was a few few things that we did. Life got in the way for both of us, um, but hopefully we're back on track now. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks uh, with the next episode. Uh, hopefully have a guest either way. We'll be having some great conversations. So hopefully, uh, join you then. Um, say goodbye, Wes. Later, everybody. Bye.